0: Welcome to the Leader's Life Podcast, where we implement that old-school grind with that new-school mind. What is up, fam? This is your host, Amar, and before we get started, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never, ever miss out. Now, with that being said, the Expert Series, I have an old friend and an amazing friend, Rebecca Fox. She is a relationship consultant and psychotherapist from London who specializes in narcissism, and healing from trauma after being in tos- toxic relationships. With that being said, my friend, my amazing, amazing badass consultant and psychotherapist, Rebecca Fox, how are you doing today?
1: I'm amazing Amar. Thank you so much. That was a wonderful intro.
0: <laughs> well, you deserve it. It's been a while. Just to give a little background, Rebecca and I met through Rob Dial's coaching program really early on where both of us were just kind of, you know, dipping our toes in the water into coaching. And I was catching up with Rebecca right before we we hit record. And she's taking a 180 pivot into what she's doing right now with coaching relationships on narcissistic type of behavior and healing from the trauma. So with that being said, Rebecca, why did you pivot to narcissistic relationships and helping all the couples, uh, men and women in that?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I firmly believe we are currently entering an epidemic of narcissism. I believe that's the way things are going right now. And, you know, I speak from experience as well as expertise, and I just realized that there was such a lack of knowledge around it. So initially, for me, it was like, okay, I just want to get people educated on narcissism. I want them to be able to spot it, understand it, recognize it, and ultimately not get caught up in it. Because that's the only way you're going to protect yourself.
0: So you say not caught up on it. How do people actually get caught up on it?
1: Well, see, people that are narcissistic, so just going to put that out there to give people a bit of understanding Like, we can all have narcissistic traits and tendencies. But when it transfers into a personality disorder, which we're talking about NPD, and that's part of the cluster B spectrum of personality disorders, then you're dealing with a completely different animal. Like we're talking about someone that's manipulative, we're talking about someone that's Out ultimately to control you so they have techniques and they have patterns of behavior that they use to basically catch someone out get someone in their net get them in their life and it becomes so difficult for that person to get out because of the type of abuse that they're subjected to because it's not what people often think which is it's physical abuse like that's the only time you leave a relationship When you're dealing with a narcissist, we've got mental, emotional, physical, financial, sexual. It is a whole cluster of things that ultimately destroys someone.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's crazy that you said emotional and physical, because I have, as we were sharing before before we record, I have a lot of people reaching out to me on this podcast about Mm -hmm. being in toxic relationships, unhealthy relationships, and the number one, I guess- what's what I'm looking for, a common denominator mm-hmm. is support. And when they don't have support, yeah. all of a sudden, they say that they're in a supportive relationship until the guy or the girl decides to do something. And I don't know if it's jealousy, I don't know what it is, but it's holding them back, holding the person back from potentially doing something that they want, because their partner is holding them back. Can you elaborate on that type of behavior?
1: Yeah. So I love that you brought that up because you're absolutely right. And uh, people, I want them to understand that we all have elements of jealousy and actually a little bit of jealousy is healthy. You know, we all want that a little bit in relationships. It becomes a problem when you're not able to communicate. So here's the difference between someone that's narcissistic and someone that's just a bit jealous and is frightened they're going to lose their partner. Because that's what it comes down to. You know, they feel threatened. Am I going to lose my partner? How do I stop them doing this so I'm safe? With a narcissist, it's a completely different mentality. It's along the lines of they don't want them to succeed because they need to be top of the pecking order. They can't have anyone getting any more attention than them. They definitely don't want someone doing better than them because ultimately then they're starting to lose control. So now all of a sudden that person's getting their own life, their own business, their own career. And it's like, hang on a minute. That doesn't work for me in my controlling relationship. And that's the difference.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, Rebecca, because I can tell you right now, I know there are listeners out here who've reached out to me, as I said, personally, and Mm -hmm. have not taken their coaching journey, whether their business journey, their idea that they've been thinking about because their partner or loved one has just not supported them and made them pivot their dreams, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, because part of the narcissist toolbox, I'm going to say, is they use something called gaslighting. Are you familiar with that? Yes, I am. So gaslighting is done to distort someone's reality. So once they've done that, they can then give you a new reality. So i.e. a Mars, a confident business guy, they gaslight you and all of a sudden, they're going to change it and mars not confident he can't run a business and that becomes your reality so again it's like is this person just being a little bit jealous and like i'm frightened of losing you or is it i don't want you to succeed here and i'm going to make sure you're not succeeding because i'm going to change the whole reality for you
0: wow thank you thank you thank you that's a powerful message right there now mm-hmm. this is something that i was i shared this with you earlier i was shocked that I did some research and I was and a lot of the statistics say that men are more narcissistic, more likely to be narcissistic than women. But the messages that I've been receiving have been a lot of men. So can you just, I guess, clear the air and let us know exactly like, if, is it men? Is it women? Is it 50-50? Like what is the actual statistic on on the, on this topic?
1: Yeah, so I love that you asked that because this again, I get asked this all the time. So the first thing I'm going to say is that narcissism is not gender specific. Male or female, we can have, like I said, the traits and the disorder. Now, the problem with someone that has that personality disorder is getting them diagnosed because ultimately that person doesn't believe there's anything wrong with them. And actually everyone else has got the problem. So why should they go and get assessed or... You know, checked out because actually everyone else has got the problem and it's not them. So, getting a diagnosis is incredibly difficult. And that's why the statistics, I'm going to say they're quite loose. From experience, I would say one in five. Like, that's how many I think it is. And certainly for me, most of my clients are men. And I think it affects men more than it does women who have been in those kinds of dynamics. For men, they have their masculinity stripped. They have their sense of purpose stripped. You know, because underneath it all, men want to be providers. They want to be the one that kind of leads the relationship to a level, right? So when that's been stripped, what's what's going on? But for women also, I find they're able to talk more. So they can kind of get the message out, get how they're feeling out, and their friends have got a little bit more support there. But I think, guys... Most of them, it's really interesting that I start talking to when I, you know, get the diagnosis from them. It's like, so was there any physical abuse? And initially, they always say no, and then as we go through, they're like, "Do you know what? Yes, yeah, she did. And, you know, she used to pin me up. She used to chase me." And it's they don't want to admit that. They don't want to be like, "She attacked me, and I couldn't handle it." And actually, I applaud men because a lot of them have said to me you know, I'm a big guy. I know if I hit her, she's coming off worse. So they take the beatings. So it's a very, it's a very deep form of abuse for men. It's so emasculating that that's where I think men struggle the most, more so than women.
0: Wow. Thank you. Thank you again for sharing that because I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and we were talking about physical versus mental abuse. And it was a guy and a girl and they both said that they would rather be physically abused than emotionally abused because with the physical abuse, it's done where the emotional abuse, it lasts for a long time. Now, granted, let's be clear. They're both terrible. You know, you shouldn't be picking and choosing, but the fact that they're dealing with both of that and then you're saying that the men they're both wrong. You said that they're not gender specific. I love that you said that because I think, you know, narcissistic narcissism in general is something that you just said diagnosed, right? Is that the term you used now? Is there an actual like diagnostic on, Hey, am I a narcissist?
1: Yeah. There's a DSN manual and you, you can, but again, the, and this is where it's so, so difficult. If you get one into therapy, they're not going to be honest. They're not going to want to be open about feeling because The undercurrent of narcissism is actually, they're very, very broken, fragile people. So what they do, it's it's developed in childhood. Imagine you break your arm, the bone's broken, so you have a cast put over the arm to protect it. That's effectively what a narcissist does. They're broken underneath, so they develop this cast or an armor, if you like, and that becomes a person they show to the world, vindictive, grandiose, self-assured. But underneath it, they're extremely damaged. So by going and seeking help, they've got to look at that person. And they cannot physically do that. So again, they're going to try and lie, they're going to try and flip it back around on the therapist. Well, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, how do you know that? So again, that's where we're like, how can we diagnose this when people are not prepared to come forward and actually talk about it?
0: Yeah, that's a great response to that because the problem is, and I know as a man, I don't want to share my feelings about something like that like personally it was harder i should say like when my wife and i would just have our normal issues i quatch myself staying in this office right here and just kind of keeping it in
1: because
0: mm. i feel like hey you know what like i can deal with this and then all of a sudden everything's all good and then i let it build 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 up and then i just end up like like a ticking time like a volcano just like all yeah. comes out and where you're saying with the women they have that support. And this is why I always elaborate on this podcast that you need that support system. You need that circle to mm-hmm. talk to people because you need, like Rebecca, as I said, we, we're in the same community where it's just like, we will always pick each other up, but at the same time, yeah. we'll give each other that kick in the ass if yeah. need be. And so if there's right now, because this is something, as I said, I get the, out of the most messages I get on this podcast, it's mm-hmm. about toxic relationship or they're not happy. So right now, if there's this guy, or there's this girl that's listening to this podcast, that's in a relationship with a known narcissist, not narcissist, narcissist, narcissism. Ah, I can never say that word right, (laughs) right? Well, they're in that relationship with that narcissistic person. They're, they know they're being narcissistic. They know they're being manipulated. They understand that they're not living the life that they want with their partner. What are their steps that they need in order because they're going to say, I love this person. I think they're going to change. They're just going through a rough patch. Their family was like that. It's just hereditary. And it passed down all the excuses possible that they tell themselves that keeps them in this unhealthy relationship. What is your tip to them to just, I guess, let them hear it? I'm just very passionate about this.
1: Yeah. And it's, a, it's incredibly difficult because like, I loved what you said. The logic is there, like people can listen to my stuff and they're like, my God, tick, 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 that's me. That's my partner's definitely that, this is happening to me. Logically, they understand, but they develop what's called a trauma bond. And again, where they've had that gaslighting and their identity has been stripped and reconstructed, that's when it becomes very difficult to actually physically leave because their self-esteem's been destroyed. Their ability to think clearly is gone. Like confusion, I'm gonna say, it's a byproduct of being in a toxic relationship. You don't know if you're coming or going. So how can you make a clear, precise plan to get out? And also another problem, I say problem, or something that someone who's being abused comes up against is when they speak out to someone who's not understanding of that type of relationship, People don't mean to kind of be dismissive or mean, but they don't know how to handle that information. So often they might say things like, are you sure that's happening? Or well, maybe he was just having a bad day. Yeah. Could you have done something different? And that person's then going, well, hang on. I'm getting told by my toxic partner that I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I should be more lenient towards them. And now my friend is saying exactly the same thing. I must be the problem. So then of course they're sucked back into that relationship dynamic. So it's incredibly difficult to get out of those kinds of relationships. And the best advice I can give someone is to seek professional help. And when I say professional help, don't just go to any old therapist, go to someone that actually specializes in that field and you will get results. Also take your time with it. Like, the obvious answer of course would be move out change your number go no contact but let's be realistic we can't all do that right so take your time with it start to get trust in yourself start to record conversations on your phone like this is very powerful because when you're in that gaslighting dynamic you walk away from it and you think what just happened there was I wrong was he right what you know the the confusion is is just consistent and it swarms around in your head you can listen to that back and actually go hang on a minute I did try and say I did try and put and they backed it down ah they do this all the time so you start to recognize patterns and this is key recognize the patterns of behavior towards you Start to understand on a deeper level, it's not serving you. And then you can start to make a plan and and get a bit more clarity on how to get out.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. And I know that's going to benefit a lot of people who are listening, especially the people who reached out. Now I'm going to ask you a question about that narcissistic person that's listening right now, that insecure person, that person cannot let go of control, that person that just is miserable, you know, is scared, paranoid every trait possible that just scared to lose their partner and they're the one and they're manipulating and they know they're manipulating because they're scared. What is your tip to that person? So
1: it's interesting because I don't ever think they're scared.
0: Oh, interesting. But, okay. yeah, it, <laughs> I love that.
1: Because here's the thing, Amar, they've always got someone else on the back burner. The way they view their life is they're always winning. So something you've got to understand about these kinds of people, it's all about winning, beating that person in a job role, beating that person with a better partner, beating that person with a better car. It's all about being better and winning against everyone else that's out there. So they have something called supplies, something you must understand about narcissists. They never just have one partner and they're never faithful. So. For them, they're not scared to lose their supply because they know, first of all, that supply is going to come back and they've got another one, two, three lined up maybe. So it is a pattern and it's a cycle. When people say to me, you know, do you think they miss me? No, they never miss their partners. They miss seeing the ability they have to control that partner and the power they have. That's what they miss, seeing that. I'm powerful enough to get this person to do what I want. That's what they miss. So when you come back and you're, you know, gravelling, oh, I miss you and all this, all that does is give them another big tick. I'm superior. I'm in control. I'm the powerful one. I'm sought after. It's the worst thing that you could do. The biggest tip that I could give to someone that that has this disorder is courage. Like, I would love you to have the courage to actually go deep into that and and be aware and actually attempt to make changes but also you know and this was something that I discussed with someone before if that is your personality type it's not going to change so don't bring someone into your life as a lifelong relationship partner you can pay for sex pay for sex with someone regular don't start hurting people and bringing people into the mix. Be on your own, succeed in work, have the best house, best car if you want to, but don't bring other people into the dynamic you're going to hurt. Like I said, you can pay for sex. Do that.
0: We have a link here for prostitution. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, No, that was so powerful, Rebecca. And you kept on saying pattern. I keep on catching you say, not catching you, well, you just keep saying the word pattern pattern, pattern, pattern. And based on what you're describing a narcissistic person, they're competitive, competitive, is what it seems like. But yeah. who are, I guess my question to you is, who are they in competition with?
1: They're in competition with anyone they perceive to be better than them. And, and, and that's, that's it. You know, if, if you're someone that's on 150 grand a year, and you hear that your friend's on 250, we've got a problem.
0: Well, yeah, that's, I mean, as I said, that's just powerful. I'm learning a lot on this. And I know, as I said, the listeners are appreciated, appreciating this. So then let me ask you, that person that's in that narcissistic behavior, what are they scared of? What is they most afraid of? Why are, they, why are they in this relationship if they know everything that you just described?
1: So are you talking about the victim?
0: Yeah, both. I guess the victim, will go, well, that's it's a two-part question. The victim okay. and the, narcissi- the the narcissistic person.
1: So you've got to understand the victim has been conditioned. They've been conditioned to accept that behaviour, they've been conditioned to believe that they can't survive and they can't function without that person. And this goes more for the women that I work with. The financial abuse has got to the point where they don't have their own bank accounts, they don't have their own income. How do they get out of a relationship where they have no money? It's incredibly difficult. they're very much stuck and it takes a lot of, it is courage to get out of that kind of relationship when you don't even believe, you don't even know who you are yourself. Can I go out and, you know, and I'm serious. I've known clients where they don't even know what to order at a fast food restaurant because the ex used to do it all for them. Wow. But it, it's to that level. Dressing, they would go into a shop, the ex would pick all the clothing they would wear So they'd walk in a shop and go, I don't know what I like. Like it's, it's that level when it gets to that level, it's very dangerous because that person no longer knows who they are. So to actually then make steps to get out, it's very, very difficult.
0: Wow. Wow. Thank you so much. And now the narcissistic person, what are they afraid of?
1: I genuinely, genuinely don't think they're afraid of anything. And, And the reason I say that is because, like I said, that pattern of behavior never, ever changes. And to them, they're always winning. If they don't feel like they're winning, they go out of their way to make sure they are. They go out of their way to, to push that power, that grandiose stature. That they always make sure that is the way things are going. A lot of it is attention. And you know, like when I talk about this epidemic of narcissism coming in, this is where social media comes into play you know, for a narcissist to get validation, all they've got to do is do a post on Instagram, get plenty of likes, they've been validated. Is that easy now? So they're always pushing, receiving, pushing, receiving. That is how they live their lives.
0: Wow. Like, as I said, you're, you're educating everybody, including myself on, on just the the behavior or more along the lines, like the the mindset that goes into this, and as I said, you've been you've been amazing as far as sharing a lot of the skills, and I still have a lot of questions because, I, as I told you before the call, I'm going to share every message that I've gotten about this, whether it's toxic, narcissistic, because that's what I ask all the time. That's what they ask all the time. What's the difference between toxic and narcissistic? And to me, my definition is it's the same. Can you elaborate, or am I am I giving the wrong advice right here?
1: Yeah. So look, we get hooked up on labels, right? We're a society that loves a label. But what I say to people is, if I could give you clarity that your partner was definitely a narcissist, would it change anything? And their answer is always no. If you're in a relationship where you don't feel heard, you don't feel respected, you don't feel loved, you feel like you're being mistreated. And and I say feel with intention. Because it's not about what everyone else thinks. It's about how that person makes you feel. And if that's how you feel, whether you want to slap the label toxic or not, that relationship isn't right for you and it's not serving you. And you've got to get out.
0: Yeah, no, easier said than done. Got to get out.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) No, because that's what it is. Because the thing is, and as I said, based on the four people who recently reached out to me, it doesn't seem that they want to get out it seems to me that they feel that there's hope for the person to change. The person was nice to me. They just bought me something. They just took me out to my favorite concert. They just brought me to my favorite restaurant. They just bought me a gift card to Amazon and I can go go crazy right now. They're taking good care of me. They just had a bad day, Rebecca.
1: Yeah. And look, and I love that you brought that up because again, when you're a healthy adult, when you're someone that's healthy, you're self-aware, you're compassionate, you understand that we have bad days. So it's very easy to kind of comprehend with that and make that excuse. But all the gifts, it's done for show. You know, all of the, all of those things are short-term. It's all very short-term lived. And as a healthy adult, we know change is capable you know you and i we've known each other 2 years look at the changes we've made right, right?
0: <laughs> yes
1: so in our heads we're like why can't someone else change yeah like that's kind of how healthy adults think and that's why when you say it's like they don't want to leave they think there's hope it's almost like they're looking for that clarification they're looking for that confirmation and again that's where i say to people take note of the patterns you need to record things i'm gonna say it again like that's when you can start to go shit this really is a pattern you know this this isn't this person changing wow. and then you've got to make a decision yeah
0: that's yeah no that's as i said very powerful because that's what i feel like they're looking for some type of justification mm-hmm. little bit of validation And then they get that. And then their day is happy. They're good to go. And it's just like, are you really happy though? You got yourself, you asked for bread and you got breadcrumbs and you're happy with breadcrumbs. That's like, I guess the best analogy I can.
1: I love that analogy because something that a narcissist also does is mirrors. So I don't know if you're familiar with mirroring.
0: Please elaborate.
1: So often people that have been abused by a narcissist says to me, I believe I'm the narcissist, Rebecca. I think I'm the narcissist because they told me that and I'm behaving like that. Now, when you say to a narcissist, you know, you're a narcissist. Mirroring that would be, no, you're the narcissist. And they basically go back with what you said. So it starts to make, again, it's part of the gaslighting. makes you think, Okay, maybe I am the and as a healthy person, you look deeper into that. Okay, what behaviors am I? Do? Okay, I do do that a little bit. But also, you are going to act out when you're not being heard when you're in a narcissistic relationship, you're never heard. So what I say to people is that anger outburst that you've had is to be expected, because you're trying to have a conversation, you're trying to communicate and the narcissist is shutting you down. So you're going to, and then they say to you, see, I told you, you're the aggressive one. You're the one that's got the problem, not me, but it was all orchestrated to go in that direction.
0: Manipulated is what it was. Manipulation to the T. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Love that. So then I have to ask you, what is the long-term effect on like what damage can be done from being in a toxic or narcissistic relationship for this long? If you're, you know, we have people, as I said, somebody reached out to me nine years in a relationship, 11 years in a relationship, Mm -hmm. 13 years in a relationship. It's not two, three years. Mm -hmm. What's, what's the long term? I mean,
1: what I would say about this, you know, and I, we all think, you know, time's a great healer. And we all think the longer in something, the more that defines who we are. But It doesn't matter, even if you've had two months with a narcissist, the damage is catastrophic. The the problem with emotional abuse is you can't see it, you can't comprehend it. And if you're someone before you were subjected to that, that didn't understand emotions, didn't understand different feelings, you're definitely not going to understand them now because you've just had them ripped apart. So it damages you a completely different level then when the mental abuse comes in your idea of love has been distorted your idea of hate has been distorted your understanding of a relationship and what respect looks like has been distorted but the biggest problem is like i said you've lost your identity you're no longer that confident bubbly outgoing person you don't want to be around people You're worried about what people think about you, what they're going to say about you. Trust. You can't trust anyone anymore. It strips you of a life. And I firmly believe that your whole life gets ripped apart when you've been in that kind of relationship.
0: Wow. Your whole life gets ripped apart. That's a powerful statement, Rebecca. Yeah. It's because what I've experienced, I'll give you an example. I had this couple that I was talking to in in a coaching program and they are both enablers to each other. Yeah, They're both addicted to a certain drug. We'll just, no need to talk about what they're addicted to, but they're addicted. And when I was talking to them, they both were arguing that, Hey, no, when I try to quit she enables me. Well, no, 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 no. He enables me. No, 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 no. He's narcissistic. And then no, 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 she's narcissistic, kind of like what you said right there. That there are a lot more couples that I've seen in those type of relationships, I feel, that I've just in front of my eyes. Why is addiction, I guess in, you know, why is addiction go with let me let me be careful over here with this word right here. I'm trying to get this because this is a powerful uh, statement. People who in narcissistic relationships that are addicted Mm -hmm. seems like they don't get over their addiction because they enable each other. Can you elaborate on that? Because I hear, as I was explaining this to you, you were nodding, you were like, oh yeah, like ready to chime in on this.
1: Yeah, so first of all, what you just described is a toxic relationship. Whether it's narcissistic or not, that's toxic, straight off the bat. In terms of, just so I'm clear, clarification on the addiction to the person or to the drug?
0: The drug. They're Uh, both. The number one thing they have in common with each other, the thing that brings them together is their addiction.
1: So any addiction is a replacement for something else. That's the first thing. So what I would say is it's used as a replacement for perhaps emotions a bit of intimacy when it when it comes to couples relationships and that's the thing that brings them together as you know drugs create highs and lows they're in that low point they're going to blame each other to get back to that point they got to do the drugs again
0: and that's what you're saying is toxic not necessarily narcissistic
1: i mean i would need a lot more context but the fact they're enabling each other they're not they're arguing about it. they're not supporting each other You know, if you want to do that, be happy about it, but together. If it's not serving you and you're arguing about it, you both got to make decisions and take action to change, right? So the fact that staying, that's a toxic cycle as far as I'm concerned. Are they narcissistic? I would need a lot more
0: context. Gotcha. So that we can't just be throwing around that label is what you're saying.
1: No, definitely not. But again, I'm I'm all for you know stripping. I'm not a fan of labels. I tend to not use labels because I think again we got to get back in touch. Does this person make me feel good, or does this person make me feel like shit? They make you feel like shit, and it's I'm going to say eighty percent of the time, you got to it's not working,
0: right? No, it's it's definitely not working. And this is one of the questions before we wrap this up that I have to ask you because Mm -hmm. once again, number one the message that I keep getting is I decided to start working out and I'm starting to get confidence now. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden my partner is criticizing me. And now I just feel as if I just don't even want to work out anymore or, Hey, I decided to dress up today and look, you know, feel confident with myself. And then I decided to go and take out all my makeup. What can you share to, or give advice to that person who wants to better themselves, who wants to be a better human being, wants to get into fitness, eat healthier, just want to just better themselves, and they're being held back by a possible narcissistic partner. What is your advice to them?
1: So, first of all, I want people to know that's an incredibly healthy thing to do. And that's what life is about taking care of yourself, bettering yourself. If you've got someone that is pulling you back from that first of all any type of bettering is a major threat to a narcissist major threat because they've done all that work to put you beneath them to destroy your confidence so when you start to show that you're moving forward not necessarily with life because you're still in the It's not like you've said i don't want you you're just as like you say bettering yourself that's a huge huge threat huge threat so they will do their utmost to ensure that doesn't happen. Again, it's that thing of being aware of that. Maybe not that I advocate lying, but maybe don't tell them. Like if it's going to cause absolute uproar, don't tell them. But that absolutely would be a good starting point to, to building back your confidence and self-esteem. Definitely.
0: Good. So what you're saying is if you're bettering yourself, keep bettering yourself. At you know.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And again, that's, I think, a great telltale point of, what sort of relationship am I in? As my partner kind of supported me? Because it's one thing to ask questions. You know, are you sure that's the right path for you? Do you really want to do that? You give them an answer and they accept it. Healthy relationship. The minute they start to, like you say, criticize it, put a downer on it. We're talking about a different animal here. We're not talking about a healthy human anymore. So there's your indication. It's not a great
0: relationship. There you go. It's not a great relationship because, as I said, that is something that it's like my pet peeve. Like you and I in a coaching program, the one thing that holds people back nine times out of 10 is mm-hmm. their partner. Like yeah. they're trying to live their dream life, they've envisioned the dream life. Like, you know, and you're an amazing, amazing relationship consultant and psychotherapist. Like you have a waiting list, you have a lot of clients, mm-hmm. but imagine you had a partner that said, Hey, Rebecca, that's stupid. That's ridiculous that you want to do that. Like, what's wrong with you, Rebecca? That's what I hear. And then they end up not living their dreams, spending money on a program because of somebody like that. And that just upsets me more than anything because, like, I'm in that whole self development world. I'm just be one percent better each and every day. And it just breaks my heart to see somebody not bettering themselves because it's a threat to their partner. So
1: I'm going to give your your viewers a little tip here. So. Let's say that I love that example. Get the phone out, put it on voice note. So it's recording. And when someone starts to, you know, why are you doing that? That's stupid. You know, you're never going to succeed. Ask them a question. Why are you so against this? What what do you think this is going to do? What is your problem with this? again, if we're talking about narcissists, they're going to flip it around, they're going to ask you another question and not answer the question, because that's what they do. They avoid questions at all costs. But again, that's another indication for you. Because like I said, if you're in a healthy relationship, if it's like, well, do you know, I'm concerned, we're not going to have time to spend together. Like that's my concern here is we're not going to have any us time. Okay, you're communicating now you can get a resolve. That's a healthy relationship. And then you've got the other end of the spectrum, the Michelangelo phenomenons that are going to just, what do I need to do to help you? You need to go away for six months? Great. They're so unselfish and supportive. I mean, they're very rare, but they do appear. So people get this hookup on the perfect relationship. It doesn't exist. For a relationship to work, you've got to communicate. So that's why I say, ask a question. If that person's open to communicating and getting a resolve, we're all good. If they don't answer the question and they ask you a question back and they gaslight. Yeah, it's not good.
0: I love that response. And I love that answer because I just did an, uh, an episode that aired today. I know this is going to be aired in a few weeks, but it was about validation where when it was a friend of mine who was very, very upset that he finally, finally let his guard down, not a very expressive person. And then when he finally let his guard down, his, his partner just turned it around on him and did not become defensive and became defensive and did not even acknowledge or listen. And what you're saying pretty much is that's, when you ask that question, they don't acknowledge and they do all that type of stuff. Then yeah, yeah like there's, there's no hope for that. I mean, in my opinion.
1: Right, and again, if, you know, is it a narcissist or not? I don't know, but at the end of the day, that's not gonna be a successful relationship. It's unhealthy, it's unhealthy. Yeah.
0: There it. Is it? If, 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 and, and I'll, and I'll say this before we wrap this up is like, if you are in a relationship that you cannot express yourself and you're not being your th- true authentic self, and you feel that you are on rock bottom and you cannot get out of this relationship, or you feel scared, like as Rebecca said, maybe there's some financial ties to this. Maybe there's a kid involved in this. Yeah. Maybe there's family involved in this. Rebecca, what would you tell that person right now?
1: You know, again, if it is, you know, I'm concerned because, you know, the money, I'm concerned we're going to run out of money. Put that person's mind at ease. You know, there's always another option. There's always a direction. And sometimes people just don't understand. And I think, again, when it comes to, you know, I'm talking about people that build businesses, right? There's a lot of risk. There's a shit ton of risk. And I think not everyone has that courage, not everyone has that mindset. So your partner potentially doesn't have the same mindset and courage as you. That doesn't mean they're toxic. That might mean they need a bit more information before they're on board with it. That's your job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is, absolutely. I love that.
1: Yeah, so again, it goes back communication. Are you communicating? Are you asking the right questions?
0: Perfect. So then if they're not asking the right questions, right? They're asking the questions and it gets flipped around, right? Mm -hmm. It gets flipped around because that's what I hear. It's just I, every time I express myself, it gets flipped around. What would you say to that girl, that guy that's just finally letting their guard down and they're expressing, and then they get it thrown back at them and then it becomes their issues. How, how can they... Because what, what I've experienced is that you just don't sh- want to share anymore. Like, you yeah. just don't want to be open anymore. Why am I going to open my heart out to you, Rebecca, if you're just shitting on me and turning it around? You're turning it around on me. So how do you move forward from there?
1: So what I would say is, again, this is a bit of validation for, I'm going to say, the victim that's had it all turn around. What you don't want to then do is go, do you know what? I'm not going to share anything with you anymore. Because that person's one, that person will be happy about that. I would, the advice I would give is I would actively say, do you know how you speak to me doesn't work for me. So in future, I won't be sharing anything with you. That is it. You don't need to get into a conversation. You don't need to explain yourself. You don't need to get into a big argument, but it's validating yourself. You know, the way that you speak to me, makes me feel like shit. And I am not going to share anything with you in the future. That takes a little bit of power back. Not necessarily put you in the driving seat, but it says to your subconscious, you're right. You have got a little bit of inner strength. You're right. And that's the point, building that all back up.
0: Wow. Thank you so much, Rebecca. This has been one of the most powerful, powerful, powerful interviews I ever had because as I stated, this is the number one thing people reach out to me about. And now, as as I said, I've, I've said this like four times as we're wrapping it up, but now we're going to wrap it up. Rebecca's got a lot of amazing things going on. And please, 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 as I said, this is an amazing friend that, I, that will give this shit off her back for these type of things. I know she's really busy. She has an amazing new book coming out, which I cannot wait that she is, as I said, a a, amazing coach. I know you have a waiting list going on with everything that's going on from there. So just please Rebecca, and we'll have him on the show notes, but please let, let the audience know where they can find you and see, see what you're all about and what you got going on.
1: Yeah. So like my TikTok is full of videos with little snippets of advice and a bit of motivation on there to keep you guys going forward. And then I do a little bit on Instagram, but nothing major. My main platform is TikTok. So that's the best place to find me for sure.
0: Awesome. So TikTok it is. We'll have it on there. And Rebecca, thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy, busy, 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 busy schedule to come on the podcast. And then just, as I said earlier, I don't care if it's just one person you help. That's Mm -hmm. what it's all about. And I just, as I said, as as a friend and and knowing you for how long I just appreciate you taking that time out of your busy day.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Of course. And that's that. Thank you all so much for showing up. Please make sure you share this with your family, friends, and tribe. And if you think this is valuable information, tag at Leaders Life Podcast. You all freaking rock. Remember, why not you? Why not now? Hope you all have an amazing rest of your day.